a key about having a distributed team is focusing on like distributing the work in addition mm-hmm. to the team. One characteristic emerged as a significant predictor of success. It was grit. What's up? Back to back weeks. We're finally starting to trend again. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Well, something, something, the new normal, something, something, something. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like yeah. if I, if we had to like a drinking game where we had to drink every time someone said that, I would, I would probably not be able to record right now. Well, I was talking to some, I was talking to somebody this morning and like we were talking about how we've all of a sudden stopped like writing the like beginning paragraph of like, hope you're doing well, like hope everything is safe and you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it feels like we're kind of changing phases here to like, okay, this is like what it is now. And this is where we're at. And now there's no point in like bringing that stuff up anymore. Yeah. Something, something, the new normal. Here we are. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I feel like the first time I touch, like touch base with someone I haven't spoken to since this, like we still kind of do that, but anyone else, it, you kind of are just, it's like an assumption now that unless someone's bringing something up, we're just going to kind of try to keep chugging along. Yeah. There's nothing you can really do at this point. It's kind of just, it's one of those things that's like, as long as you're staying home, that's pretty much all you can do in terms of like your own safety and all of this. And, you know, as much as you can do to like bring some sort of safetyness, is that even a word to other people? Yeah. But outside of that, it's like completely outside of your control until, you know, like November. And then (laughs) you have a little bit more control with one vote, but it's pretty much, I mean, there's not really, not really anything you can do. So you kind of just have to like, all right, I'm going to like, I'm going to work on what I actually can control and do my best at that and not, not think about this stuff anymore. Yeah. It's a good reminder of that. I think, I mean, obviously, yeah, I guess the usual caveats apply. This is terrible. I wish this wasn't happening. Something, something like everything you say when you're like identifying silver linings of terrible things, but that is something that I hope we can take from this is like, well, first identifying the things that actually matter, right? I mean, all this starts happening and people start suddenly coming together in ways that didn't feel like before, like even across political lines and stuff, just trying to help everyone get through this. But even on like a more basic level, like what things do I actually need to do or what things can I actually control? I think that Mm -hmm. like, that's like a good thing to always think about in life, but it's easy to forget until you're faced with something that is so big and scary and out of your control that you're like oh i guess i can't really do much about that so yep yeah i mean it's basically it's like the same thing that you've probably heard since you were like a little kid especially if you played sports or something it's like literally all you can control is your effort and like what you like you know what you bring to the table in certain situations or like things you're working on or whatever it's like that's all there's nothing else you can do you can't control whether somebody else's business is doing poorly so they need to cancel their contract with you or like you you can't control any of that stuff so it's not worth like even worrying about it to some extent you know it's just like just keep chugging ahead and keep pushing out features and keep putting out content and keep driving things forward that's really all you can do yeah i think that's where i think we mentioned this a little bit and maybe we'll talk about more on a future episode but that's where it's interesting to try to strike that balance of keeping things just kind of going and like trying to focus on what you can actually do and and what feels good and productive and potentially helpful for your business, but also isn't like tone deaf. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's a weird like content or sales outreach and stuff can kind of tread those 
dangerous waters a little bit. But totally. But yeah, we can get yeah. into that maybe next time. Yeah, that's always a tough one. I mean, I don't want to say always because this literally has never happened before. So it's like it's one of those situations where there's, I mean, there's yeah. no precedence like for how you handle this. From like, a, I can see both sides. You know, like I've heard some people complaining about getting sales emails and stuff and i get it like if you're getting template emails and it's the same like no salesperson should be saying that anytime but like especially (laughs) especially now especially now but at the same time like you got to remember like those people have jobs where their job is to bring in revenue to the business and and go find good fit customers and like they have to like that's what they do you know they they gotta keep performing their job or they're gonna lose their job yeah so i think it's it's weird because it's like if you send like your drip campaign or whatever that is completely absent of this, it doesn't acknowledge this situation, then you seem, it seems like out of touch. But if you send one that all it does is talk about this, then it seems like you're kind of capitalizing on it or something yeah. or somehow like yeah. pretending that buying your software tool or something is somehow going to help the world or like the odds of that yep. being the case are pretty low. But so well, you're kind I of, think- it's kind of a tricky line to walk, I guess. I mean, it goes back to what you should always be doing in sales emails, I think, which is, you know, somewhat like personalizing them and trying to focus on like trying to make assumptions about their like, I know maybe the word assumptions doesn't sound like a good thing, but it's actually kind of a good thing to do in like sales situations. If you really understand people's like how businesses work and like do a good job of like doing some research and understanding somebody's business, you should be able to make some assumptions about it. And obviously there's some assumptions you can make about what's going on in the world right now and how that's affecting certain businesses and then like specifically certain categories of businesses. So if your product or service can help them in some way because of like some of the challenges they may be experiencing, like, and you can personalize it to some extent to their business and to their role, then that's a much better way to do it than just like some blanket template that you're sending out to to a bunch of people i mean it's just yeah. that's never a good way to do it but yeah like you said that's <laughs> never now. yeah like that's like just general advice regardless of pandemic but especially but in the pandemic it becomes the sensitivity level is even higher to that kind of stuff a lot well the, a lot of the people that are like saying you know putting out stuff on twitter and like oh you know these create you know blood-sucking sales reps like sending it's like those are the same sales reps that like sucked before that sent the same tip. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're just sending the same stuff right now. Is it's just that you're angry because of the situation? Yeah, and you're, you're noticing week, it more. But like week, they were the uh, week fifty four of their like drip campaign or whatever. So yeah, yeah, it's like all autumn. It's not even them sending it. Like they wouldn't even know that they sent it to you. <laughs> like if if you called them out online, they'd be like, "Really? Did I send that person something? I don't even remember." Yeah, but yeah, it is definitely a weird topic we can address on another. Yeah. My wife could could talk about it a lot better and make it sound really nice and like how they do it. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously tricky, but but yeah, yeah so we were I guess on the as opposed to the like outbound communication and presentation of your company, we were thinking we would talk about how we kind of collaborate internally and also just the dearth of like remote collaboration tools that are coming out or a lot of them have been out and they're like rebranding or kind of relaunching amid this trying to like you know become a de facto tool for people so so yeah i guess i'll kick things off there like it's interesting for us because as we've mentioned before we're already like a remote slash distributed company you and i typically get together in the office a couple days a week which we're not doing right now but we've kind of set things up to operate 
on the assumption that that isn't happening, which has been mm -hmm. pretty good. And since most of our team is not in Atlanta and is all over the world, it's kind of necessary. Although I, I guess we started doing that pretty early on, even when it was just you and me, partly because that's yeah. like my, like in an effort to set myself up to carve out like good times for focus work, it's like super helpful to have the default mode be asynchronous communication. So yeah, we've we've stolen from the usual suspects like Basecamp and GitLab and all the big remote, you know, advocates about how they work. And we've also tried to like, I guess, bring their tools together, like strike the balance of like tools and like minimizing the amount of tools, but having the right, using the right tool for the job, I guess. So we do use Slack, but we limit it pretty it's pretty limited to like system alerts and mm -hmm. which, and yeah, like we almost, there's very little chatter. The only kind of conversations that typically happening in channels is related to like those events, which actually works really well. So like if we get an alert from like some sort of, you know, server monitoring thing, we can like have a conversation there in real time if we need to, or even like Stripe notifications, if like something doesn't work right, you know, we can talk about it there. Right. Which is nice to have that context and to get that notification. But then we aren't, there's not like, a lot of chatter and there's yeah. the occasional dm if if you're trying to like get a hold of somebody but that's pretty much it yeah pretty much like yeah it's it's like notifications to let you know about something and then i would say that we do use it as like first at least i use it this way but for specific like kind of more timely support situations whether it's a like a bug or downtime or which would come through in like system alerts or like some sort of like need that the customer has to get something done or I don't know, like some sort of like more timely support type of situation, then we will a lot of times use Slack as like a way to, to get that done. But most of the, you know, not everything needs to be done right now. So that's why like using other tools to get that stuff done asynchronously is like a better way to do it. But for things that like sort of dire, like things that needs to be done quickly and like you know, within like the next, you know, 10 to 60 minutes, like that's where Slack might come in. Yeah. Well, um, even, and even like some of those don't actually, it's like the initial outreach on Slack might be from, let's say like a support thing that comes in and we want to check with an engineer on something. And then we can find out like, is this something we can do quickly or is this something that's wrong or whatever the case is. And it's like, even from there, the work that might happen might not even be in Slack, but it's more that at least that initial point of like, is this a one minute answer or can I get a one minute like sense of where this is from someone? And then the rest of the work can happen, you know, as as needed and which often is not like in a Slack, like an, a long running Slack chat. Like one right. thing I really like is I don't feel like we're, I'm almost never find myself using. I mean, we, we actually were on the free Slack for a really long time and we recently sort of upgraded to paid just mainly to get the like more integrations since that's like one of our main use cases but i almost never search for things in slack like pretty much never whereas like at our last company we use slack very very heavily for conversations and groups and teams and everything and there was a lot of search happening there and a lot of like noisy channels with people with like no context like jumping in and you mm -hmm. know like getting up to speed but it's just it's just such a it's such a messy way to try to like well guess, we had to like we had to like put apps in place to like deal with the challenge that we created for ourselves which was like we used guru like it seems like guru was 
the reason we needed it so much was because we had created that challenge for ourselves. So it was like, okay, we need this like separate thing that's like an internal knowledge management system because we can't find that stuff in Slack. So we need to like write it all down in this one place where then people can go and look it up, right? So it's like we... But even like and we, then I think even the the way it worked or at least then was like it would even like through Slack. it would hook into Slack. Yeah. So it's like instead of trying to like rethink the whole thing, like and making people like the first place you should go look is like that repository of information. But when Slack is the default, it's like the first thing you should do is go chat the person you think is the person that would know the answer. It's like because like that's just terrible because A, that person is probably busy. B, you mm-hmm. might have the wrong person. And like C, whatever you're asking is probably already answered somewhere else and probably not urgent in the first place so anyway if you want more rants about this kind of thing just go like listen to any interview with like dhh or (laughs) read the books by 37 signals but yeah i kind of subscribe to a lot of that thinking because i've experienced that too when you're trying to like get a thought out on slack and Mm -hmm. you're like it's just a weird way to do it where it's like every thought i have is incomplete i'm trying to put together a complete thought as part of that, I'm like leaving a lot of space for interruptions where people can chat in in response to like my third sentence. And I'm creating like 55 notifications for people. Like people's phones are like buzzing off the hook because I'm writing like a paragraph. It just doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. I think that probably at our last company started because we were very much a sales driven company or culture, I guess you could say. And just in general, we had like way more salespeople than we had of any other group within the company by like probably like two or three X. And I think with sales, there's definitely like, and maybe in some cases for good reason, this idea of like getting quick answer type things, you know, like, yeah, this oh, I need like a quick, an- yeah, like I'm talking to a customer right now. I need a quick answer about X, Y, and Z. Like everything feels more timely. And like, obviously you're trying to, there's like timelines to deals and getting, you know, so it's, it's a little bit different, I guess. And so maybe that's why, well, and, and we ended up often I would say like the that. cost, like if a salesperson is on the receiving end of like Slack disruption, it's the, I guess often the cost is lower for them or at lower. least perceived as lower yeah. by them because their schedules are just so different. Like yep. their day is like a series of like events that might be 30 minutes or an hour or something like, so it doesn't feel well, like it's, a, it's like a big derailing thing. Whereas like you're an hour and a half into like, this project and suddenly you're like thrown into a conversation with like 15 people about something and you're like, what is happening? Okay. But the time I get back to it, it's like, takes me 30 minutes to remember what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a different dynamic. But I think Um, I I would say like, there's probably, there's definitely room for both and probably based on your style, like the actual work you do, you can fall on different points on that spectrum of like which one you lean toward or use more often. But I would say at least for me, like, I think that more people would benefit more than they even like, it's almost like you sometimes also don't realize how bad it is until you like, take a step back from it. Yeah. And like, wow, it's how much calmer and like, how much less anxious I feel when I'm not getting like 55 messages. And especially sometimes when it's like, you're in channels that you kind of need to know, but it's not like urgent. And you maybe you haven't taken the time to like, tweak all your notification settings. And it just feels like a lot's happening that you're supposed to be keeping up with. And there's a lot of like FOMO is Mm -hmm. it's just silly but anyway yeah well i mean looking back i wish that i had like i typically will start or end days by looking through notion 
right? So I go to the like where I mentioned and kind of just try to like roll through the feed and answer things or you know whatever it may be. If I would have had something similar to that sort of flow, but specific to like all the reps that were reaching out to me for spe- you know I need this thing or what? How can we do this or you know blah 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 right whatever they're all sending me different things all the time it would have been so much better if i could just roll through each of those different things like in one feed in notion or something yeah it's it's like one (laughs) state of mind i mean so i guess yeah like that's notion is the tool that we use pretty like our that's our main tool so we use it for everything from like we have a message board we have a task board we have you know one-off pages that we do we have different stuff and we we intend on like sharing more templates about different things that we do there. But yeah, it's it's nice because it's like a writing tool. And then there's collaborative features, of course, and like commenting and stuff like that. But it makes it easy to do what you just said, which is like batch up, like catch up, like you're catching up on things in batches. And that's just such a better, it's like, I'm well, I also feel like I'm getting stuff done. Yeah, like, and you're knocking things out, but it's, yep. it's all in like one state of like, I'm following up on these different things. And yeah, they might be about disparate topics, but like, you can like sit down with the intention of, of like going through your, your inbox of mentions and stuff and, and like leaving the ones there that maybe require more thought or whatever, but it just, it feels better than like when I sit down to like write code or something, I don't want to also feel like I'm sitting down and I'm having to keep up with like 10 Slack channels before things like disappear. Whereas now I know like all the stuff will, anyone who has a question or an update or something will put it in notion and I can get to it. Like, like you said, like at points throughout the day, I'll just go, comb through those and it's just such a such a good way to do it yeah it feels good too it's like (laughs) i remember how i used to feel and i felt like i was drowning in like 30 different systems and just like miserable and then this is like also i think if people are writing you like because the process is a little bit more involved than just quick chat to somebody in slack they have to think about it a little bit more and they may just and they they obviously have to spend a little bit more time than just like boom just quick chat type of thing and because of that i think it would like weed out a bunch of like bs stuff that never really mattered that much well yeah it's like it was like wasting my mind my mind cycles on things that don't matter yeah for sure and it's like the thing it's like yeah if you're like i want to ask him about this and then the thought of like putting a dedicated message in notion about it feels like too much effort then it's like maybe this doesn't maybe i don't need to do this at all like, mm-hmm. or maybe instead of just having this one-off thought, like, oh, I had an idea for a cool tool we could make, like, instead of just chatting someone that and like having this random conversation in the middle of the day, you could go write up a page mm-hmm. and maybe even make it private to start. And like, what is the idea? Like, what, if, let me think through this before I make this someone else's like problem. And well, then I'll share with them like a complete thought and then right. they can engage with it. Like, instead of asking them for like 10 things throughout the day in Slack, like you can have like one giant thing with like, here's all the stuff that I've thought through for a few hours. Like, yeah, think about this. Well, you can, well, one of the things you could do in Notion, you could do with like Basecamp or any of these types of tools you're talking about, but you essentially have like some sort of like block or post or something that's like the kind of the, the, the high level like ask or idea or like whatever it is. And then you have the discussion within that that's all saved. And so you have all this like, like the context, like you have context to the thing you're talking about and it's saved. 
I think there's something to that too. Like in Slack, you're just having this long conversation and like maybe in somebody like in a DM or like in a channel that has nothing to do with the idea you're talking about in that channel. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's just this like mess of stuff. And it's around the work as opposed to like around the people. I think that's a big differentiator. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about distributed work, like a key about having a distributed team is focusing on like distributing the work in addition mm-hmm. to the team. Like if you take a lot of companies who are local, it's like, Everyone is doing bits of work. So in some ways, the work is distributed among the team. But the communication is centered around team members instead of the work. Right. Which is like, I guess, a legacy holdover from like the old days. But it feels like generally building the communication around the work is just a better way of doing it. Right. And then reserving reserving like communication around team for like casual conversation or like the one-off announcement or urgency. It just that feels like the right balance. Right. I think we've maybe pulled some of that in with how we've built user feed. Cause like, I feel like intercom is very much like around the like conversation with the user. And it like, it's very focused on that instead of like, like what's the category of the conversation. So like with user feed, we've tried to like, you know, we're, we have like a specific topic or like feature request or like issue someone's having, like, that's like the kind of the, where the conversation is centered around and then like you have all the context within that that's true i've never i've I've actually never thought about it like that but that even like so when we use intercom at our last company like we also tried out the github integration which kind of lets you like push conversation like link a conversation to a github issue or something but even that has Mm -hmm. the same kind of problem because it, it becomes like a conversation between a support person and a customer is now linked to like a conversation between developers about code and there's still like a missing piece here, which is like, what was the issue? Like, in order for me to understand the issue, I had to go back to like a conversation and read basically an entire conversation and then yep. kind of hopefully come to the same conclusion as the support person, or maybe they left a note for me or something. But yeah, like right. user feed is like that central place where like we're taking a conversation, we're turning it into like, we're summarizing it, its conclusion or conclusions into a set of posts, whether they be like bugs or feature requests or even just like general like hey this question keeps coming up we need to write a knowledge base article about it or whatever it is right. and then we can talk about the work there and then close the loop with the person in a new well, conversation like, or or an existing conversation it doesn't really matter it's it's like the key here is that the work is happening and they need to know about it yeah exactly so like you basically yeah the conclusion or like the high level kind of like issue is like basically the post and then within that you have internal conversations or notes about it you've got files you link to conversations where it was discussed like it's all there all the context is there but it's like it's not focused on necessarily like the specific like conversations that you're having with that user it's like you're kind of like pulling it all together inside of higher level posts but yeah i mean it's it's basically the same thing i think we sort of i don't know maybe maybe we sort of got some without even like thinking about it like we used to use Basecamp and I think they did a lot of that. Like that's a big focus of what they what they do. Yeah. I, and I think we may have like drawn some like ideas from that without even like knowing that we did. Yeah. Or it's, inspiration. It's I that guess. we didn't like I've never put it into those terms, but yeah, that's definitely part of the goal. And like it also is still centered around the customer and the like the whole purpose of doing all this is like people who use our software. Whereas like if you like, so there's, you can link out to GitHub issues and like, look at that stuff and you can link back to the original conversation. But like the tone of a user feed post is like, we're talking about a user request or a user report of an issue or a question or whatever. It's not, problem it's not like we're talking yeah. about the specific 
implementation. That'll happen in GitHub. So, right. which I guess that's like Should the other be... main tool that we use on the dev side is like we use GitHub to like manage, talk about code. But most of the most of the conversation ends up in Notion, user feed, almost never Slack really for that stuff. And then right. GitHub is more for like the actual code itself we'll talk about there. Yeah. And then I guess, so, I guess yeah, the other thing that we're actually using now is Tuple. So we're actually using that on this podcast. And we've been using that for pairing for about a little under a year, I guess. And that's been really good. Started using it back when we had someone join the team from Brazil because mm-hmm. then it was like, oh, the first time I need to like actually pair up with someone and like go through stuff together a lot. So it's really good. It's like high quality, stays out of the way, works really well. Also, they have a good podcast, Art of Product, which is good. So it's been good. But I've, I've seen some of them I've seen prior to COVID-19 kind of stuff. But then it seems like there's been a lot of a lot of action on this front. And so we recently tried out Screen, which just got released like last week or something, which is actually one of the founders of Screen Hero, which I believe is one of the is the app like Tuple was kind of like inspired by which got acquired by Slack mm-hmm. and kind of shut down, sort of. So that was pretty good. It still has like, it has a different sort of feeling. It's like a meeting link style. So more like a Zoom kind of style. But it, when you're on it, it feels more like high fidelity, like screen sharing and collaboration. So we're right. still kind of tinkering with that. And then we, I guess a while back, we tried out Tandem, which is kind of like, I guess it's sort of like a persistent, it's almost like Slack, but for video. And we didn't really use that a ton because it, it doesn't have remote control. So we didn't really use it a ton. What was the one that we used that was like, almost like, I guess it was like asynchronous audio oh, yeah. or something? I still have that one installed. So Yak is the one that we, Yak, yeah. Yak chat. And I still want, like, I, I really like the product. I think it's pretty cool. We haven't really found a place for it in our flow, partly because it's still, it's cool. It lets you basically like record an audio snippet or screen share, but, and then send it kind of like directly to someone else via the Mac app and they mm-hmm. just get a message. But it still doesn't, it doesn't fit greatly with like how we consume, like we kind of want asynchronous. It's technically asynchronous yes. in that like we're not both on a call, but I'm still getting right. like a notification, I guess. Right. And like I'm expect like it feels like you need to like respond. Well, so. it's also like part of the reason we do do it the way that we do is that we have like saved text of like what we talked about, right? Like within the context of some cat like topic or something. Yeah. In that scenario, it's just like a link. Yeah. Like you would have to click the link, go listen to it. It almost makes sense. Like makes more sense if they would just automatically transcribe it or something and turn it into text. Yeah. I think they might be doing that. I noticed a thing in there that they have like language thing and I think it mentioned transcription. I haven't tried it out. Mm. But yeah, it's like I like the idea, especially of audio, because sometimes it's just easier to like have an audio clip. But like you said, it it does take away from like it becomes this ephemeral like conversation again. So yeah, totally. Well, I th- we definitely do that on video, though. So we we use like, I use Loom. I know Josh uses Wistia's. I forgot what uh, their Soapbox. version is called. Soapbox, yeah. And then I think you use Loom yeah. a decent bit as well. So that like we use that for more asynchronous stuff. So that would be like maybe some sort of show and tell of like a new feature or some issue that we want to show like via video or something like that or we do the same thing with customers, right? We'll send them, you know, instead of jumping on a, a Zoom call or you know, Hangouts or whatever, which can be hard to schedule. It's like, why don't I just make a video to show them how to do something and just send it? I know Josh is doing a bunch of that stuff yeah, with, it's with definitely, users. So. Especially with user feed where there's like a lot of, 
there's like a lot of customization that you can do and like a lot of cool things you can do that can be hard to explain like in typing without like a bunch of screenshots. It's like, why don't I just send them a video and then it'll just make sense. Like it's not complicated, mm-hmm. but it's like somehow breaking it down into words just doesn't always work well. And we use well, it a lot on the dev side too. Like, yeah. and yeah, the Loom, Loom videos are nice or, or whatever tool you use because you can like throw them in a GitHub issue. You can throw them in a Notion thing. So it's like alongside like a, a broader conversation or communication. Yep. So yeah. Well, you get, I also like the idea of writing stuff down and spending more time doing it or like a loom video or something. A lot of times you can take that same stuff that you might be doing internally and talking about internally and like make it into some sort of like content for your for your business. So, I we've done that a number of different times both in terms of just text like we just did the like the PPP loan application stuff that we worked on internally, we just kind of took some numbers out and added some little like tooltips and stuff like that and then just made it like a public notion page. But we do the same thing with like videos. Like we'll just hey, we'll just take this thing that I use with this customer and like use that as like a video how to show them how to do X. Right. So you can like reuse that stuff with other customers. But if you just like write a little like snippet or something in Slack, it's like, I don't know. It's kinda yeah. hard to reuse that because you didn't really spend much time on it in the first place yeah for sure even on the even on the dev side we've done that like i'll make a video kind of walking through some piece of the app that i wrote three years ago or something and and then it's like oh actually i can just put this in in like our wiki inside of notion like about this thing and then it's just there for the next person like it becomes a reusable it provides more value there's like long-running value to it so even though it feels like it was like a one-off answer so it's kind of cool totally and I guess the, uh, the only other one that I I think I tried recently, it was almost becoming a joke that I was like kept making people download all these different things to try them out. But I just tried out Around, which is like the one I feel like has been getting a lot of buzz on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty cool. It's It doesn't, for what I, what I guess what we end up using these for, it doesn't feel like it's any like better than anything else that we've used. Right. But it is cool. It has like kind of like tracks your face. So like the viewfinder kind of thing, like of the cam- of the actual webcam, it f- focuses on your face and blocks out a lot of the background and then it like follows your face. So it kind of zooms on your face, which is kind of cool, mm-hmm. but like is just cool. It doesn't feel like I'm not like running around while I'm sitting at my desk. So, right. And they have some, well, they have some, some cool features around like echo stuff. If you're like in this, I think the intention is that like, if you're a team that's all sitting in the same room and you have people who are not then you all should get on your webcam and this thing will be like perfect for that. So that's not really us. So it doesn't really apply, but that's like the same. What's Facebook has their like video product or whatever. I like their, it's kind of like Alexa, like the the the, video Alexa thing. Yeah. I forgot what it's called, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Actually, I don't own it, but it's, it seems pretty cool. So basically, yeah, basically like zooms in, like somehow knows where you are in the room. Of course, Facebook knows everything, so they know where you are. In the room. You around. Just another thing, yeah, another perfect. thing for them to know. Yeah, I was but, like, I don't think I want to invite Facebook into my living room, but yeah, exactly. But yeah, it follows you around or whatever. So it sounds like kind of the same concept. Yeah, um, I like. But yeah, it's more of like a. Sure. I mean, it's pretty cool. I think most of the stuff we do with video, though, is like it's like some split between like showing our face and showing, but mostly like showing something on our screen. So yeah, I mean, I don't know how much that would work for the situation but well yeah and i actually kind of like i mean i kind of like this might have been before we hit record we were talking about like doing a video version of the podcast there's part of me that actually likes like i think it's good to have video because it i think there's a human connection there that you just can't 
get otherwise. But I also like as a default that we kind of don't do video. Like most of these tuple calls start as audio and then they end up on a screen share and we almost never do the video part. And I mean, that's kind of how the product mm-hmm. is built. It's like video is kind of like a second second class citizen in tuple. And I kind of like it because it makes it like sometimes with video, it feels like the bar is too high or like there's pressure or something to like have your lighting what like good and maybe be like not wearing your pajamas or whatever people might be doing. Like I kind of like that. It's just like, let's hop on. There's no self like self-consciousness. You just kind of get on, you have audio, maybe you have a screen on and that's it. But with the occasional like video to turn on to like see people's faces, obviously. So, right. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I agree. But I think that's, and maybe that's why, like, I like the asynchronous video stuff. Like, I I feel, for whatever reason, like, that's... Because even then, like, if you did want to get, like, a little more dressed up and, like, whatever, you could just do it on your own time, you know? Like, I don't have to do it right now while we have this meeting scheduled. Totally, yeah, yeah. Like, if, just, it's, like, if it's async, like, it's... If you're just choosing to create and send a thing, like, it's kind of your choice. Like, it's right. dealer's choice. But, yeah, it's like when I'm like, hey, I'm going to call you and I'm going to... I want to see you in, like, your room and, like, I don't know. It's just, like... Especially for me, like I often have my laptop closed, like that's how mm-hmm. I work by default. And even when I open it, I'm like in the basement and the lighting is like not great. And it's just like, this doesn't really work well by default. So I kind of have to, like, I yeah. probably should take some, especially now I should probably like make an effort to like get better lighting and maybe get a better webcam or something. But you know, yeah. it's nice to not have to like stress about that, I guess. It has been, in, I mean, it's definitely been interesting to see how video has sort of like, and this idea of people being remote and just all the different tools that you have at your disposal has kind of like changed like people's thoughts on it. Like, I don't know. I've been on, you know, being in sales, you know, I used to be on demos all the time, you know, years ago, five years ago, like you're on demos all the time and you're on video all the time and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, ne- I never even once thought about like, like, should I make my, my video quality better, both in terms of like what I'm using to be on video but then all the other things like the lighting and like all the the microphone and all these i never even considered doing that and now it seems like a lot of people are starting to consider that kind of stuff both and probably because it's cheaper to actually like give yourself like a pretty good like studio setup like way cheaper totally but then all the tools you have so like i've done that a little bit like i got like a you know 20 dollar like selfie light that i think like these kids use to do their little like instagram yeah selfie things or whatever i got one of those things set it up super easy like 20 bucks got like a little bit better video i probably could definitely invest in like a better version of that josh has like a badass camera that makes everything look way better but stuff like that and then like i know other people have done like backlighting but like behind them like behind couches and stuff and it does i mean it just it makes it look so much better it's like kind of the same concept of you know, just anything else, like the way it looks can some sometimes be a big reason why somebody does something, even if you don't feel that, like, whether it's like a sales demo or whether it's some video content you put out or whether it's anything, like it can just make the, somehow make the other person on the other end of that, like think that whatever you're doing is like higher quality. It's just polished. It yeah, actually is. For sure. I mean, like, it's just, I yeah. think it's partly because like webcams on, like the default webcam on most laptops is like good enough. So it feels like, yeah. I mean, the lighting thing is a big one. Like, that's mm-hmm. if you're in an office atmosphere too, like you have, you have lighting, whether it's great or not. It's like it's well lit. You don't run into that as much. Um, right. But yeah, it's definitely interesting to see people like really 
investing more thought into that stuff. I mean, and partly that probably converges with like people doing more, I know like streaming your, you know, day-to-day work as like maker or whatever, or gamer and stuff is like obviously gained a lot of steam in the past. Like, I don't know. I'm going to like, I don't know much about that, but it's like, I feel like it's been, it's gotten pretty popular in the past like decade and mm-hmm. especially the past five years. So that kind of converging with everyone suddenly working from home. So there's like a lot of good options for making your setup better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm like a last mover kind of on well, that stuff. I guess I Maybe am because I didn't, I still haven't <laughs> yeah. moved. Yeah. You still have, I moved just yet. shut my laptop and say audio. So, yeah. But it, I mean, yeah, it helps. And yeah, it's, it's cheap. I mean, you can, maybe we'll pull, like, make a blog or something. I think Matt, I'm forgetting his last name, but <laughs> he put out something. He's like a, from a big Laravel guy. Yeah. From guy. Titan. Yeah. 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 He's put out some good content on like different, options you can buy in terms of like all those things so like the lighting do you want the expensive option or do you want like the good enough crappy option that like still makes it better so i went on the i think i'm on like the crappy version of everything but it's still like so much better than just not doing it at all and it probably cost me like i don't know maybe like like 50 bucks or something yeah so like pretty easy and if you're using it Um, year round for years like it's it's definitely worth the money well we've talked about like all these things that we do now like in terms of like using Notion to kind of do all this stuff asynchronously, like all the video stuff, like the more we do that kind of stuff, the more things like the tooling you use to do some of that stuff becomes like you're a little bit more willing to spend some money on it. So like we're, we've been talking about like the video setup and lighting and all that kind of stuff. But on the other side of things, like we, and maybe this is like, we probably wouldn't have done this if we didn't didn't actually make money as a business, but you know, like getting, we got like iPads, right? Like they were probably like 200 bucks. They were on sale during, I don't know when, but get iPads that we have like the little stylus with. And when now we can like draw out like little prototypes that we share, like we do a lot of asynchronous, like product planning work with, and just stuff like that. Like it's like all these other tools that suddenly have become less expensive that we can start to, to use, to, to do these other other things yeah. so and like in the in the old days it's like well i'm sitting next to all the other engineers so i'll just get up on the whiteboard and yeah. probably distract the other half of the room that's not even working on this thing so it's like we're avoiding that issue we're spending a little bit of money or some tools to help us do it and mm-hmm. and then even better is like as those whiteboards often get erased and like maybe you took a picture on your phone and you never uploaded it to like jira tickets or wherever it was supposed to land now it's like because the default workflow is like, I am drawing it on my own. I'm thinking through a lot of things. I'm posting it like the way that I'm sharing it with my team is the place that it's supposed to be saved. So like it's already saved. So I, I don't have mm-hmm. a lot of those. Like I if I go through my Google photos from like a few years back, there's just like weird whiteboard pictures that I took that probably never like saw the light of day. So, yep. Yeah. So basically there's just a bunch of other inexpensive things now that you can that you can get better kind of go about this remote work environment is there any others that you didn't mention yet or i mean you don't think i've gone through enough i feel like i've completely gone overboard on the amount of things that i'm willing to try so i'm trying to like pull back (laughs) and like narrow it back down um so but yeah i don't think i think that's like the main stuff i mean obviously there's a billion project management tools that would replace notion for a lot of people so like use whatever you know use whatever works but i really like notions like kind of freedom of movement and kind of writing focus i will say the mobile app is not not the best but it's getting better and it does the job so far so yeah they just made some updates that kind of made it a little bit better yeah but yeah i mean i 
I feel like the for the most part on mobile though, you're just kind of I use it mostly for seeing like who's mentioned me and like again like rolling through my feed and responding yeah, to certain it's not, things. You're not like drafting a big document on your phone. Yeah. yeah. Which has actually become like pretty important as of late <laughs> because a lot of the times like I just can't get a computer open while I'm sitting like if I'm watching my you know two-year-old daughter going crazy and like trying to like like <laughs> wrangle her and make sure she doesn't fall off the couch and smash her head or something like I don't have time to like have my computer open yeah so like I can basically sit there and like quickly look through the mobile app and like if there's some quick responses I can give I can do it really easy and that's basically like what I use it for yeah that's the so, same same and like and because our default like the assumption is like if it's in notion like it's probably not urgent so even if you see it come through because you had a minute to check it like there's not even a feeling that you need to immediately you know respond with some big manifesto or something like yeah maybe you don't respond well, at all and maybe you just know it exists and you're thinking about it for the you know a couple hours or maybe you have a quick one-liner but well that's where actually that's maybe where i know we're getting we probably need to end this but <laughs> that's where the the audio stuff might actually come into play if they had some sort of integration with notion or i mean i guess you could maybe do some of that on slack too like if you just wanted to respond quickly but you're in a situation like where you just it's like the typing part on your phone is like honestly the hardest like that's the part that like it takes the most time so it's like if you could just quickly do like a little voice kind of memo type thing and just shoot that over and maybe you can maybe there are some ways to do that just like through the the iphone like os yeah i mean yeah um, if notion but, has an api or something we could we could tinker tinker around with that even like transcribing it and like posting it as a comment although that'll probably like get butchered but yeah, another just so we need another product, another business. We'll like make that thing whenever they get their API and we just start selling Perfect. that. Notion notionaudio.com. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, yeah, we are I was like we'll just chat for 20 minutes about the tools we use, but here we are. So, yeah. take take what you will from this. Hopefully this is useful and like we'll share anything else that we land on as part of this, but wanted to throw this stuff out there. So, like I said, I guess we'll we'll see what what else comes up. <laughs> it feels like every week we have like a completely different psychological like different mentality so we'll see what next week brings but we'll probably end up talking some about some of the sales and some of the business side of things in the next episode or two i think once like now that we're like almost a month in and it seems like at least at the macro level things are starting to kind of you know as they say like we're hitting that peak of the curve and maybe close to starting to go down hopefully at least in i guess in the u.s like if we get like a you know a couple months under our belt and kind of see where things are in the business it might be a good time to like have a conversation about that and like you know what's happened like how are how are leads sort of trending and how you know in terms of like new revenue close versus like churn and all that kind of stuff and how that's all been affected by covid and probably what everybody else is experiencing for the most part unless you're zoom or some one of those companies yeah that might and be I, good we to, had to, to chat about but <laughs> It reminded me we had a couple, I have a couple like potential guests, so I might, I'm not sure where they stand and maybe we can have somebody on too to talk about like their different, different view of the world from their businesses. So yeah. Yeah. And now we can, now we have like a little bit of a process for this with like Tuple and QuickTime and all that kind of stuff. So anyways, I think that's it. Sweet. All right. Well, until next time. All right. See ya. See ya.